0: You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up.
1: All right, torch (laughs) loan. Here we go. We three top. Three top. One top, two top, three top, and it's just the three of us that's actually yep. pretty pretty neat. It's been a while since it's been the three of us sitting in here to to get down, so it's not mm-hmm. gonna be the three of us for the whole top but but you know it's gonna be interesting. We're gonna try something else new for once we get to three top, yeah, see if we can bring Hayden in on the phone <clears> game. <throat> welcome back, yeah, welcome <laughs> back, so the three tops gonna be as follows Drake equation, Star- Drake. yeah, Drake. Nice. Good for him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not He's what you think. <laughs> all over the world. Uh, Star Wars. And then I'm going with uh Google. We're gonna go with Google. Googly. Googly.
0: Nice.
2: Well so Drake equation. One top.
0: One
1: top, one top. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs>
2: um so uh the Drake equation, I'm I'm gonna get a little nerdy. I didn't go as nerdy last time, but I'm going back to a little nerdy for this time, so be prepared. All right. Um, are we going to be able to understand what you're saying? Yes. Okay. So, the Drake Equation is an equation that was written by this man named Frank Drake. Um,
1: oh. If it's this easy to understand, then we're going to follow all the whole way. Oh, you are. You are.
2: <laughs> and so, the Drake Equation. The, really, the conversation started back in the early space program days, like 50s, um, and essentially. This guy, his name was Giuseppe Co- Giuseppe Cochini. Guess what country he's from. Um, yeah.
0: Giuseppe.
2: <laughs> um, but he basically proposed the question like, I wonder if other alien civilizations exist. It was essentially what he, you know, was kind of their, their thoughts were. And, you know, obviously early space program, what they want to do is go explore the moon and, go they they want to go to other planets that's their goal was to explore space okay okay so of course you have to do theory first and then go prove that's how science works for sure so they came up with a theory of how many intelligent civilizations there could potentially be in the entire universe um and that's what the drake equation solves okay now i i say solve it is the an equation that comes up with a solution depending on what variables you put into it—that mm. is a better way of saying it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it solves and has the answer to how many aliens, there could, uh, intelligent aliens there could potentially be. No, but there. it's like
1: the Pythagorean theorem, like right? You,
2: if you have the variables that are correct, it will give you an answer. Correct. Um, so the Drake Equation goes as follows. Uh, so the answer is N, which is the number of total civilizations in our galaxy. Okay? That's, got, mm-hmm. that's the answer. So, All right? You give us the answer first. Well, that's just how it's written. Okay. okay. The answer, now, so to, to equal n, it's the average rate of star formation in our galaxy multiplied by the fraction of those stars that have planets with Goldilocks zone planets. You guys know what that is, right? It no. Means Earth is in the Goldilocks zone of our solar system we were too close, we'd be too hot and all the water would evaporate. And if we were too far away, we'd be frozen. Okay. That makes sense. I know, never knew it was it's called like that. The three little bears, or, you know, the Mama Bear, Pop Bear, and Baby Bear. Oh, makes sense. This one's just right. The Goldilocks zone. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's um, why they named it that? Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real word. Um, okay. So, anyways. You're kidding. No. the fra- So, that's the fraction of those stars that have planets in the Goldilocks zone. Um, I cannot believe that
3: Goldilocks.
1: They got it from a from a story.
2: Well, mm, that's too hot. It's it's an old story. I know it's that's an old too story, cold.
1: that's great. I think it's. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think it's crazy.
2: You'd be surprised where a lot of names and derivatives come from in like space stuff because you have so many things to name. They start to run out of stuff. That's why all the planets are named after Greek gods, and then all the moons of all those planets are all the Roman gods affiliated with mm. that god
0: yeah That's they, why it's they're like well to... we
2: ran out of greek gods so let's start just what can we do that yeah. was why actually neptune either neptune or uranus was almost named george because when it was discovered back in like the 1700s or something like that king george of england his scientist was the one that discovered it, and he was like you're gonna name that planet george Hmm. and ultimately it got changed and didn't actually become in record, but like, but literally we almost had like
0: I love hearing Ju- in my head. You is know, it's like naming Mars. Uranus George.
2: <laughs> but wouldn't that be hilarious? Because they were already all named Greek names. Be, be like Jupiter, Mercury, whatever, and then
1: name. George. George. <laughs> there's probably some films you could find on the internet where there's a Uranus named George. A Uranus named George. <laughs> Minus named George.
2: Uh, okay, I will keep going. So, and then the next variable is the average number of planets that could support life in the Goldilocks zone. Meaning, does it have water? Or does it have the right gases present? Is it like Earth? Okay. So,
0: they look at other solar systems and they can tell what planets are in the yes. Goldilocks zone? Yes. And then as soon as they know that...
2: Then they can also measure with a spectral analysis what gases and elements are present, including if there's water there, Yeah. that sort of stuff. So they can measure this with telescopes okay. and, we're, and we're getting better telescopes very soon. Um, the next variable is the fraction of those planets that could support life that actually do develop life, okay now I'm gonna go back and talk about these last four variables, but so all those planets that are in the right spot with the right stuff, how many of those actually do develop life mm-hmm. okay. And then the fraction of planets with life that actually go on to develop intelligent life is another variable. And then the fraction of civilizations that develop a technology that releases detectable signs of their existence into space is a variable. And then the very last one, which is my favorite one, is the length of time for which such civilizations come and go to the ability of releasing detectable signals. So how many of those variables are zero? So the last four are the ones that are like total theoretical. We have no evidence to support a, an exact number for any of those. The the other
1: ones we do. It's just a matter of we well, don't there's have one. Any, there's one intelligent life form that gives out signs of life and that's us. Right. So, so we have one example. Right. For the last four. Right. But the
2: other stuff, which is kind of uh I've got some numbers to throw at you, so about one star forms per year on the average lifetime of the whole galaxy so um that is oh my God, I had it it's like about a hundred million stars in our in our galaxy, but in the universe, if you're talking about every all the galaxies combined it's Ten million with eight, ten million million stars, so ten with eighteen zeros behind it. Okay, is about what in our observed universe about how many stars? So you take that, and about one in every million has a planet with Goldilocks zone, and then what is it? Uh, <clears throat> and that puts you down to so ten million uh, to about a hundred million. Okay, 100, total. Okay, a hundred to- million total planets that have planets in the Goldilocks zone with the proper stuff to make life so there's a hundred million possibilities of the last four variables to take part in so that's where the estimating comes into play where people give their interpretation of the equation um but essentially as we discover more and more and more and more about the universe and have better and better telescopes looking at all these uh exoplanets we can see out there we start to get a
1: better and better estimate of each variable of the equation, except for the last four. they're the tough ones, so okay, you said that ten million million, yeah, stars, yeah, okay, and then in our one, observable
2: universe, it could be more than that, but that those are not see.
1: stars that can support life they on might
2: it. it takes a while to figure out if they do or not. But we
1: obviously know that there's a million stars in our line of sight that that don't support life.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's more about what what we can do right now is we. I guess
1: what my question is getting to the Goldilocks zone. Like how do how can they determine that all of those stars are are emitting, for lack of a better word, a Goldilocks zone for this to be an atmosphere physics? They
2: they take the the rate of motion. The distance of orbit, like I didn't know if start. it was like a sheer numbers thing, just flat out
1: statistics. It, just, it's
2: all numbers in the sense of they're just like doing backwards calculations of the gravitational force that these things have, and just figuring out how big and what they, how heavy they are, how dense they are, based mm-hmm. upon that. And then they use a spec, like I said, a spectral analysis where they're just basically using the backlight of that star shining around that planet uh, like an eclipse mm-hmm. sense essentially what they're measuring. They're waiting for the planet to eclipse in that star and then they can read what light is absorbed from that planetoid and determine what elements are present. And so they can basically say, yeah, there's water, yeah, there's oxygen, yeah, there's this, yeah, there's that. It's harder to determine the ratios of those things, which is where bigger better telescopes come into play. But right now, the 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 instruments that we're using now, that's what we can figure out.
1: Can you do you know what an exoplanet is? It's any planet that's not in our solar system. So I read an article the other day that said something about how we have... Scientists have discovered at least 3,600 exoplanets. Oh, yeah.
2: It's thousands. That's that's them basically looking at a section of the sky and watching every. So those
1: 3,600 fall into the, the Drake equation of the 100 million possibility Correct. you just said. Correct. Okay.
2: It's basically direct proof that there are planets that are in the proper place that have the proper things that it could happen. We don't have any way of getting that close to measuring if what if they got little slimy slugs crawling over that planet and we can't see those with our telescope. But it's math
1: like the Drake equation and those types of possibilities, not probabilities, possibilities and theories where they scientists are so 100% hellbent on the thought we are not alone. It's it's cuz of the numbers game. Right. It's pretty the, the well, number when the number's stacked against you, that there's a hundred million possibilities that right. there's a chance. Like if, if you were a gambling man, I would love to go into a, <laughs> my Powerball drawing with a hundred million tickets. Right, even though my chances are three hundred million to one, I still would like a hundred million tickets.
2: It's it's one of those things. Bill Nye says a lot when he's talking about like asteroid impacts, but I guess you could use it the same thing, like in the same sense. It's a um, low pop, low probability, but Big effect. Low probability, big effect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. If it is... Like, an asteroid hitting us, like a big asteroid, it's very, very low probability. That happens every, like, 20,000 years. But if it does, big effect. mm -hmm. (laughs) So just like if we were to all of a sudden discover a planet with intelligent life on it. Low probability, big effect. Oh, it would rewrite some rules that we have, yeah. There have been some changes to to this equation. Um, This dude named Seeger. Because this this equation came decades ago. Okay, so, but the last four variables, like I was talking about, were the ones I said that were the weirdest ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, what Seeger changed about the equation, he took out the last four variables, and he changed it to just what planets can we measure with a spectral analysis that have gases present that are only there if biological life is present. Okay. So he changed it. So it doesn't say intelligent life and all that. He took that and chunk sending out. sending signs of intelligent life right. and all those. Right. Yeah. He changed the, the Drake equation or his version they call the Seeger equation. And it's everything's the same except for the last parts about how long a civilization exists and how did it have life and did it have intelligent life and all those different extra steps. He took all that out and said just does it have the biological gases present for that living things give off? Like methane is naturally occurring in a lot of places in the universe, but methane is a big sign of biological hmm. stuff going on.
1: Yeah. Or like decomposition Correct. or any. Yeah. 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 So, um,
2: it's just the right combination and ratios of those things that really just scream. There's totally stuff going on here. That's alive, you know, cause there's just certain combination of gases that like just directly represent you know, an ecosystem, you know, whereas an ocean of methane doesn't necessarily represent an ecosystem.
1: Correct. You know, so. I'm an expert on methane oceans. That's right. So. Yeah. I'm the foremost authority on methane oceans in this room.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
2: I could go on for days about other things that branch off of the Drake equation, but it's just a neat thing that just allows you to just take certain variables, multiply them out, and as we discover better and better... Accuracies to each of those variables we get a better and better number, and
1: the number is in the hundreds of millions that <laughs> when you're talking about the whole universe, we're, we're... <clears throat> kind of on the spot though what made you want to bring it up today, like why the Drake equation today? Well,
2: we got talking about uh anonymous well, what may be
1: anonymous that said that well, that was an article that was in the unilad was the name of the paper is in the right. u k so
2: but they released the video, and it was all this like stuff, and basically saying NASA's about to say that there's aliens. We found aliens. They're real, and of course NASA just came back with it like, y'all, why do you listen to these people? Like,
1: right? Like, and of course it was a headline of an article. They said they did it so they could get clicks. Yeah, I'm you sure know? they did. And it, what the guy said, and it, you know how those things are. Every one of those meetings becomes public information very quickly. So everything that the scientists said in the meeting was all that they did on that anonymous video. They literally just read the same thing the guy read in a speech, Mm -hmm. which we can all go on the Internet and read. So it wasn't anything they were trying to hide. Mm -hmm. It was just the guy saying basically a lot of the stuff that we just said, the 3,600 exoplanets that have been found and Mm -hmm. that we talked about on other episodes with Cassini. And then what was the other voyage that – Juno Juno, Juno yeah. and Cassini and all of the possibilities they're coming up with. I mean, ranging from the methane seas or Enceladus with water on it or um, the fact that Jupiter itself uh, or Saturn itself might have like this really badass iron core yeah. and not be as much – all of these different things. So what he said was we are on the verge of possibly finding life in the universe. Right. And they twisted that into – they're about to announce life. I
2: mean – the way that if they can get bigger and better telescopes that can see the things I'm talking about, they want to be able to see, I mean, they're going to probably come back with some, some data. That's going to be very confusing. Like people are going to look at it and be like, Holy crap. Like, what is this data mean? Like, it's going to be a lot of that. I feel like, mm-hmm. because they're going to see stuff that they're going to see a planet or something. I'm sure that has like a composition of elements identical to earth. And they're going to be like, what's going on over there and it's going to be like total freak out mode what does that mean and mm-hmm. you know there's no way of proving it but you know the theories it'll come it's from one it, of though. those walks like a duck quacks like a duck situations and you're like uh you know mm-hmm. but it it will have eventually it will happen i just with with the combinations and of planets and the exoplanets that we've been spotting like you said like there's the one that they announced um i wish i remember the name there's a Greek god's name as a star system, and they discovered, or the star system was like a big number, but the planets, there was a seven planets going around this star, and five of them were in the Goldilocks zone and had water on them, hmm. <laughs> just in this one star. So, I mean, that's just if that doesn't blow your mind, yeah, the possibilities. I, I, I don't know.
1: I think it's ignorant to think that we're the only planet in the solar in the universe that could have life could it.
2: Now, like the, yeah I mean the, the Not even, doesn't have to be life on it but right. just the fact that there is so many places that Correct. could is what's the implication there right so
1: and I like math so I yeah. tend to believe in things like that so. I took I took statistics yeah but see what you probably learn in statistics is you can twist and turn and manipulate statistics in any manner to make your point or your side of the story look 100% truth that's st- the drug industry st- <laughs> All you need is a little scale for that. And some baggies. <laughs> hey, you guys want to take a break for real quick? Sure. Take a break. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hello. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Did you get the women and children
3: in bed? Man, uh, little ones upstairs. I'm I'm down in my basement. Uh, the 16 day old is upstairs by my wife, who's sleeping on the couch, and the toddler is all the way up on the you know the top floor, asleep in our bed. So it's uh it's chaos around here, but we're
1: managing. 16 day old man. I think I speak for all of us in the van. We say congratulations. Congrats, That's man. right.
3: Hey, appreciate it, man. Thanks for uh, for letting me step out and take a little joyride in the van here. Yeah, of yeah. course,
1: man. Thanks for joining us all the way from Kansas. You know, we really wanted to get you on during the story time segment. Uh, things just didn't work out. You know, we didn't have a signal out here in the van. We too close to. The river. <laughs>
2: we we actually communicate with smoke signals. Occasionally, we can get a cell signal, but most of the time it's smoke signals. So.
3: Yeah, I thought you guys were talking back and forth through walkie talkies or something. So that, that that makes sense.
1: Well, man, while we got we wanted to clear something up real quick though about uh, the episode. We just had Michael on. He was our guest from episode three. He came back, really the first guest we've had on for the second go around. So we kind of revisited some things from episode three, and we talked on that episode about water parks and then a water park in Kansas. Uh, you listened and you responded about some stuff that I got factually inaccurate and just kind of, so tell us just a little bit about how that ended up and kind of what happened just since you had all the local news coverage of it.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it made national headlines all over the place, but it was a, it was a 10 year old boy um, who, yeah, 10 year old boy who was the son of a Kansas state representative. And, the water park is called Schlitterbahn and it's one of the largest water parks in the country. They're, I think the original, uh, it was in Texas, but they, they built one up here in, in Kansas City, Kansas. Um, gosh, I think it's been open like probably seven or eight years now, but they built this water slide called Verucht, um, which is German for insane. And, uh, the, yeah, I, uh, I
1: guessed that it meant very tall water slide. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> close, close, very close. But I mean, this thing is huge. It's, it's uh, like, yeah, 260 steps to get to the top and it's uh, 168 feet tall. So they said it's taller than like Niagara Falls um, and taller than the statue of liberty i mean it's a huge drop and what I always, Whoa! I, yeah it is you reach speeds of 65 miles an hour i mean you pretty much go straight down in a raft like oh you would my. like you would picture in a roller coaster so it and is a
2: ra- it's a, it's like you're in a like a two person or like a eight person or what are we talking about here
3: it's a three person raft and uh, I, I mean, I'm too scared. Like, I've only been to Schlitterbahn for like a, a fundraiser event. I haven't actually been to the water park part of it. I figure when my kids get a little bit older, I'll go. But this slide is, I've always been a little skeptical of it. The the co-creator of, or the founder of Schlitterbahn and the, like, co-creator of this Verruckt water slide said that, uh, like he was quoted saying that the engineering of the slide, they were comparing or using designs of a roller coaster, which really doesn't fit when it comes to water slides. No. And they went through it took forever for this thing to open they went through rounds and rounds of testing there are like pictures and videos out there that you could find online of them testing it and these rafts are like flying off the slides oh, and so yeah I mean it's just terrifying and and he the guy himself the co-creator went down it and you know when one of the test runs and, and he said that like I'm still trying to recover mentally it, it's like jumping off of the Empire State Building is what it feels like. Oh. So I don't know. If, I don't know if he was just trying to sell it, but but I, I'm telling you, dude. Like I I drive by this slide every day on my way to work. It's right off of Interstate 435, which is like a major are um, inter, interstate that goes around Kansas City, and and it's it's still there.
2: That's what I was about to ask. So it's open. You can ride it. No,
3: no. Oh. So and that, that's then that's a great question. The funny part is so. This boy, you know, this was last August when this happened. It was early August, um, and he was decapitated. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you go down the first drop that's like straight down all the way one hundred and sixty eight feet, and then it comes back up and goes over like a second hill, and then goes back down and, and then that's kind of that's kind of it. I mean this this main thing is just this straight drop down. And apparently from what happened was when he was when they went down and he was coming back up, he slipped out. He somehow flew out of the raft and they have netting that's built, uh, you know, over the whole slide, I I think, you know, to help catch if, you know, rafts or people were to fly out of there. And I think that's what like decapitated him. And there were two uh, girls that were riding with him in the raft at the time. Um, they had some facial injuries. God only knows, like, what hit them or how they received these injuries. Oh, yeah. um, But they've reached a settlement, uh, and I don't know what their settlement was, um, but the family of the boy who died, um, their family was awarded $20 million. Holy. Wow. So, and it's just crazy. And so, but they have... They made an announcement back in the fall that they're going to tear this thing down, but it still hasn't been done. And it's crazy. My wife and I – I mean, like I said, I drive by it every day on my way to work. My wife, we drive by it, and we're just like, ugh, that slide. It just towers over everything, and it's just a constant reminder of tragedy. Wow. So they, they need to hurry up and get that well, thing think taken of, down. Well, think about
2: that. Like if they just had to pay a $20 million settlement and think about how expensive it is to tear things of that magnitude down – it's probably money. They're probably yeah. they're probably not sitting too pretty right now, regardless of what insurance they had on the park. A twenty million dollar settlement is a twenty million dollar settlement. Like, yeah, not to mention yeah. what they did for the other two
0: girls. So, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, and that was undisclosed. But I mean, I would imagine they at least got a, a, you know several million dollars, but. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty great. You can Google, like, Verucht, um, you know, water slide, and you can find several articles out there talking about it or, you know, people that were at the park that day. But I just couldn't imagine being there, couldn't imagine being on that slide um, when that happened. I mean, just absolutely horrifying.
1: I mean, can you imagine being on the stairs or the next person to go or, like, ugh? I mean, yeah. the builder of the slide, you go 168 feet straight down, 65 miles an hour, thought that it, I mean, I guess maybe it's physics and speed and all that, but did you have to have another uphill just to slow down? Like, what's, yeah. what's the point of the other hill? I see it as a ramp.
3: Yeah, it, it kind of, yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what it looks like. I mean, but yeah, you you, you have to have that to slow it down because... You're going from the very top all the way down to like ground level, so you have to have that second kind of ramp to get up, go over, and then back down and to slide all the way to the to the finish.
1: Wow wow, you know now yeah. now that I say that and think about it i can I think I can picture some of those test videos where those ramps are just flying off of that when it comes back up to go do they just ramp off of there, just go flying. yeah. But hey, yeah, you said, you said something about Googling it. You got a few minutes to stick around for something? Absolutely. Cool, man. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So we can just kind of feel feel free to jump in and we can hear you perfect. So if if you've got something to say, say it. But my topic's about Google. Uh, I don't know if yeah, hit me with it. Too top. Two top. All right. We're going to do two top. We're going to do me now since Jared's on the phone with us. Is cool. that cool? Yeah. So uh, my topic's going to be about Google, Jared. And I don't know if you guys have heard either about they just got fined a record $2.7 billion by the European Union. Find? Find. Who? Yeah. Google. Jared, did you hear about Google? this?
3: Yeah. I, I did read a little bit about that and I heard about it in the news.
1: Yeah, man. $2.7 billion. And the prior record fine was against. Um, Gosh, Intel, I think was the name of the company. You've heard of Intel, right? They yeah, make like yeah. little microchips and stuff. They got fined one. Point... I have a sticker on my computer. I think. Yeah, Intel Pentium processors, those types of things. That's, I think, I'm right. Anyway. Yeah. They got fined 1.09 billion, and that was the record to be fined by the European Union. Okay. For doing what? So, for abusing their rivals, basically, like unfair antitrust laws is how it's written. They violated antitrust laws. So, basically what they were doing is they were you know, when you search for something on Google, how many pages do you go through before you click on what you're looking for? Not many.
3: One. <laughs> yeah, like
1: yeah. like how many? Zero, like the yeah, first zero. page. 99 over 90% of Google users are first page play- first page clickers, okay? Over 90%. Google searchers click on the first page. Okay. So this is where this whole all came from. So antitrust means you've got to be on a level playing field. You've got to be on the up and up with other competitors of your same industry. Okay. That's why they, all these antitrust laws are put in place. Mm-hmm. So what they were doing was they were basically burying the search results of all of their rivals onto the fourth page. Uh, so page four was where you would start to see all of their rivals and you would. The first available searches that would come up would be Google-affiliated companies or mm-hmm. Google products or whatever if you wanted to uh. buy – more specifically for online shopping type stuff. So if you wanted to buy something online, then they're going to direct you on the first page, and it's going to be 90% Google-related mm-hmm. search results. So this seven-year-long investigation comes up with all of this and saying that, yes, they have violated it and, yes, they have done this and da-da-da-da-da-da. They're going to be fined two point seven billion dollars. Wow, wow! So, like I said, it's the highest since then. Um, the parent company, though, this is where it gets kind of interesting. I feel like, and why I wanted to make it a top because that could have made. Have you heard? Right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to make it a top because this is where we can talk about it. <clears throat> Alphabet Incorporated. Never heard of that company before. It's kind of surprising because they're the parent company of Google, one of the biggest companies in the world. So. Alphabet. I didn't realize Google had a parent company. First of all, <laughs> I thought maybe they would be grandparents of somebody else. Yeah. You know, but um, Alphabet Incorporated has ninety-two billion dollars in cash at hand to spend on whatever they need to spend. So the two-point-seven billion-dollar fine, they they could just piss on that, mm-hmm. right? They also have another fifty-six billion dollars available in count in accounts in the United States. So they literally have $150 billion that they can dole out for this fine. So I've established that they could pay it if they wanted to, right? Right. So we're clear on that? Mm -hmm. They have 90 days to decide whether or not they're going to pay it or appeal it. If they don't, then they have to immediately fix these issues on their websites. They have to start adjusting where these people are. If you pay Google money to have your – stuff on there then they have to prioritize where you are on the search results right that's how that works but so if they don't they just say screw you we're not going to pay it then our european union is going to pay them a, uh, pay them find them a daily fine of five percent of what would be their company's global revenue oh my okay every day every day that they don't change it so they have 90 days to comply to pay let's comply and pay or to appeal it. That was madness. So 5% of Google's global revenue is $14 million daily.
2: Wow. I was about to say, so, they're like $700 a share. It's like 690 or something like the that. The backwards
1: really. math on that that you and I did earlier, $280 million every day is Google's daily online revenue worldwide. No.
0: There's no way. Wow. Daily. So
1: you think they're worried about this $2.7 billion fine? Nope. So I further my Mm -hmm. point by saying that's what they're holding over the European Union's head, saying why don't we just give you all the finger and say we're going to leave Europe or we're going to shut off all of our services to European customers because they have every right to do that. Hmm. And there's a lot of all these people that are talking about how – Europe is going to be the losers in all of this. If Google decides to do that and strong arm everybody. But I, I heard some experts quote unquote say that how much Europe would be the losers in all of this. And it just makes me think like how much do these companies rule the world? How much, you know, like how much do they control it? They have the ability to make decisions like that and it's going to be, Oh, well the fact that international lobbying exists and companies like that
2: exist is just like a scenario of corruption to me like that's all like no like companies that have that much money and then also have the ability
1: to to work with governments and lobby like certain things to happen like well of course but think about the political card they can play i mean if google is able to stay say to a certain country's constituents your leaders are the reasons that we're not in your country and then those people go to their leaders and say, Hey, we want Google. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be able to Google stuff. Bing sucks. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Bing sucks. <laughs> so,
3: yeah, I, I the way I see it, I mean, I think uh, I think that, you know, if, like just do better is what I would say. If you're Europe and you want a new search engine. Um, if the EU thinks that there's a better service out there, then I would say bring it, you know, find, find a better service. It's capitalism, in my opinion. I agree. Like if, man. I, agree. I mean, If, if I own like the way I I, I don't know, I was kind of trying to think of ways to compare it. But if I owned a chain of hair salons, and in my hair salons, I sold product like hair gel and shampoo and body wash or you know whatever whatever that might be and i produced my own like i manufactured bottled and produced my own to sell in my stores like who's to say that you know i and i have customers walking into my door who's to say that i also have to sell them paul mitchell and american crew and everybody else it's like no i'm going to i'm going to go with the interest of my company and and what and and I, the way I see it, those companies over there that are fighting for business, um, you know, they need to work on their marketing and advertising, and and then people will be googling their companies so, and going right to their websites. But
1: what do you say? I, I, that's a fair point. I guess I didn't let you finish. Going f- right to their website instead of googling them would would be one thing, but I mean, everyone uses Google, and. So with the 90% first page clicker thing, you you got to see the side of the fence where Google has all control over what people see. You know, people have a million options of what they have to choose from when they're buying something online. So if they're not going to that store's website like you said and they are going to Google, they're Yeah, they're not going to look yeah.
3: But, and I guess, but I mean, in, in Google, yeah. And I do, I do see that. I mean, if, if I'm like a European company and if I'm okay, and I, you know, I'm trying to think of like a European clothing company or something, but if I know that I want to find a pair of jeans from whatever ABC company, then maybe I'll just go ahead and Google ABC company jeans or something like that. And then, even using Google that should bring up that web page or where I can access that information. And the way Google sees it, they've vetted these companies that are paying them the advertising dollars and they feel like is a good consumer experience. And Maybe it is. I mean, I guess you'd have to ask the European citizens, would they? Would you rather have Google or not have Google? And do you feel that Google is minimizing their, their um, opportunity Hell to no. the access answer, the best products?
1: The answer is going to be no, because what Google is doing is they're stomping on their competitors. And what does the average consumer give a damn about that? You know, I mean – what, mm-hmm. Go- what Google is doing is they're sticking it to their rivals. They're not—they're not doing anything other than that. And if that violates antitrust, then then it violates antitrust. But what all they're doing is, I guess it's it, at worst, in my opinion, is like shady business. Yeah. Somebody pays yeah. you to put their website on a page. If you have a certain price for page one, and they pay you enough for page one, and you don't put their shit on page one. Then that's shady business. Yeah that you know? that
2: that, partic- that particular situation is, for sure. Hmm. I you know like I, I, I w- so you're saying you're talking specifically about the companies that pay for the. I mean,
1: you don't find somebody two point seven billion dollars unless you have specific example. And they well, were I mean, investigating it for seven years. You can, you you can
2: Google years. the big red van, and our Facebook page will pop up. Our Instagram will pop up. Like. If you Google us, that's what
1: happens, but
0: we're
2: not We're not paying to be on the first page. We're not you a know. competitor
1: and or a rival of them either. Also true.
2: So. It's not like they're putting up all their Google podcasts in front of us. Right. Well, you
0: know how on yeah. Google when you're on the search engine and you search whatever product you're wanting to buy, um, sometimes the first hit has a little part underneath it that says "Ad" advertisement. Is that what you're talking yes. about? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, I I think what Google's doing is wrong, but who am I to say to Google, stop what you're doing? Well, I think it's a little late now. Yeah, (laughs) they have a little too
1: much power. Just a little, so. A little bit. uh, I mean. What's next, though? What's next is Netflix, Apple, Amazon. Well, what is the, Union, what's Europe, the second biggest search engine for Europe? Well, it's not even about search engines. It's about the European Union trying to regulate all these online companies yeah, just the luck. way that they're doing it in Europe. And again, that's – I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you're just scaring away business. I mean, but that's the yeah, way there was
3: Yeah, there was a guy the I was reading an article. The Information Technology and Innovation Foundation is this think tank. And they're like head guy, their president um, said that the decision in this case shows the fundamental problem with the EU's approach to antitrust issues. It is willing to take heavy handed actions to protect competitors at the expense of consumers. And he says that Google's fines are to be paid straight into the EU budget, helping to finance the European Union and reduce the tax burden. On individuals and in member states, so
1: even one kind of, reason to why I read what I read about Google saying, "You know what we might just say, "Screw you, you know, yeah, two point seven we pissed two point seven dollars. I eat that for breakfast, two point seven billion dollars, okay, so that's nothing, but what we might do is just stick it to you, yeah, they could. Because 'cause you're right, that's who's gonna lose is the consumers that guy that's very well said, it's very well mm-hmm. said, so. Well, man, we're going to move on to Malcolm's Top. You want to hang around for Star Wars talk, or you got to go?
3: I probably better jump off uh, and uh, probably get uh, get ready for bed and get things tidied up here. But I, uh, I I appreciate it. I love the podcast, guys. I listen every week. I look forward to Wednesdays and other days when new episodes are released. And uh, any time you'd like to have me on, I'm more than welcome.
1: Yeah, man, we're gonna more have, than happy to. Thanks for jumping on in short notice. I I really appreciate you making that happen. Everything audio quality is perfect, and we're gonna have you on very soon again. I promise.
3: Sounds good, guys. Take it easy. Have fun. See Th- you Jared. Thanks, Jared. Right, bye. Bye.
1: That was fun. So I'm sorry We just jumped So in that would technically, like that would
0: technically be our number one fan. Would I you, I mean, I guess. I I think that if we asked, I don't every, want to make claims here. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but. <laughs> I, maybe our number one fan
1: is Hayden's, Hayden's son who can sing our theme song. Oh, true. Two year old thing singing a theme song might qualify too. But I don't know, Jared said he's listened to every episode. He's he has honest given honestly given me feedback about stuff mm-hmm. and suggested some tops and things, so uh That's cool. he was a good friend of mine. You know, was it Michael it was Michael tonight that said something about having a friend from kindergarten. He still had a friend from kindergarten. That's your friend? Had, yeah. I've known Jared since I was four years old. So he's the best man in my wedding. So. You got a friend like that? Yeah.
2: the uh, The wedding I went to a few episodes back
1: was her wedding. Nice. Yeah. Good dude. Good cool. dude. Like, just had his son born. So now he's got two kids. So he gets to have fun. So thanks again, Jared, for
0: joining us. Now let's move on to what should have been two, but it's now three top, three top. All right. But so mine's really short, but um, so I was looking had an article recently about star wars um and you guys know um disney now has control of that
2: mm-hmm. all, all yeah, of all it was like four billion dollars or something like that just a lot
0: <laughs> not much <laughs> um, it's not google money but it's money no. right <laughs> we ain't talking google <laughs> but looking back over the years we've had there was there's been about now eight official Star Wars movies. Um there was the first trilogy and then the second trilogy. Um but now everyone's wondering, okay, what direction are you going to go with with these new movies? So the last one that came out was Rogue One. Loved it. I guess everyone's calling it more of a prequel, of course, to New Hope. That's it's what... it's
2: it's a Star Wars story. Story. Yes. That's that was the thing that people got upset about that. Really. when, when you went into the theater, Every Star Wars movie ever is blah blah, you mm-hmm. know, da, 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 and then the Star Wars thing scrolls well, like down like an official episode, and there's the preface. Mm-hmm. There was no preface in Rogue One. It just says a Star, Star Wars, Wars story, story.
0: Blah,
2: and then it just goes into the movie, and we, everyone was like, whoa, 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 whoa,
0: whoa. <laughs> Where's the preface? I was um, okay with the way it came. out. It in. was weird. I'm just gonna be it honest. Was different, it was weird. But they had to start somewhere with them. But anyways, the point I was gonna go with which is really interesting is Disney would like to come out with a movie for star Wars every year from here on out. Not surprised at, as long as they're gaining profit, they're going to do one movie, a one star Wars movie every single year. And I, I hadn't ever seen some sort of franchise do that. Um, well, Pixar does that a lot. That's the
2: beauty of that universe is it's just one of those that's so big yeah. You can keep going. Like I, this is, this is where I'm, I see my future of. The, or my All right, future. go for I it. I have to say, I said my future because <laughs> Star Wars is mine. Mm-hmm. Um, no, like so. Of course, the one coming out at Christmas is the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and then following that will be the Han Solo movie. It doesn't have an see, official that, title, but
0: that's the other part I was reading about. But carry
2: on. Um, will be the Han Solo movie. And then episode nine will be the movie after that, mm-hmm. which of course is no title released yet either. But then I'm thinking, cause they had originally like teased the idea of a Boba Fett movie. Um, so like, not like episode two Clone Wars thing where you see Jango Fett and baby, like, like Boba Fett when he was just like gangster being Boba Fett mm-hmm. back in the day, like how he became Jabba's right hand man, like being... Mystery mm. awesome. That'll be a cool movie if they make it. But then I'm thinking Old Republic. Like they're gonna go like a thousand years into the past long before any like of this.
0: Before Qui Gon.
2: Long before. Like the nights mm. of because the, they've already got books and video games and yeah, everything yeah. else of the old Republic stuff. Yeah. And it's so cool. The story is. Oh, I remember so the computer good. games. Though. Oh man, they're so cool, so good. If they start going into that, I mean it's just where are they gonna stop? I mean they'll just they have literally so much that they could do. I if agree. they're gonna make a 200000000 dollars every summer off of
0: it, why the hell not? hmm So <clears throat> part of the article was talking about Han Solo and how they're not even sure anymore if they how they wanna do that movie. Um, just because Harrison Ford in the movie are anytime he's played Han Solo was fantastic. And it's hard to, anytime you have an actor like that, it's hard to replace. Uh Um, So the article was talking a little bit about how it's going to be difficult to come out with that sort of movie. And then it was also talking about how they're not sure um, if they're going to extend it. Like you're saying, Um, it seems as though star Wars has kind of kept it simple and kept it in this I don't, I don't know what to call it, but maybe just a rebels storyline. The TV show that's on TV right now yeah. is all rebels. Rogue One is about rebels, so we're thinking: are they going to keep it all there or extend it like what you're? I what I you're think saying?
2: that story's played out now, like mm-hmm. the Clone Wars TV show, and then the Rebels TV show. So maybe
0: they just go into bounty hunter stuff. Oh, I just
2: I'm telling you, the Old Republic is where I think the future is of of like what they're going to do like I think that is like yeah it's what I want them to do and I think it's also just a great escape of so, so you, many options of stuff that they hate. So you
0: read the books from back from Oh the,
2: god dude I've read dozens of Star Wars books when I was a kid
0: What would you say would be out of those I didn't read the books I remember playing one of well, the video Well you also games. have to take
2: into consideration when Disney bought it Yeah all that stuff's not canon anymore apparently So only Rebels Clone Wars and the movies Yeah
0: So, that kind of... What would you say of those books, even though they won't be using it, what of those books would be most ideal for a film? Or any storyline would be most ideal for a film? They're... Because the the films that get me are stuff like Battle of Genosis.
2: My favorite series of books that I read when I was a kid of Star Wars was the X-Wing series, which is basically... Rogue Squadron's origins and it was just a bunch of stories about Rogue Squadron. Mm. Those are really cool. I read a lot of the uh the books that were affiliated with what seven, eight, and nine would have been. Like Han and Leia have twins. See that's that's where because the books don't count, that's where mm. right, you know, that's mm. <laughs> that's the big thing. Like, well what who is Rey really? And does she have a brother? And is that brother, you know, like, um, it, yep. it, oh is she Luke's daughter? Like, whatever, all that stuff. They, they totally are going to change it from what the books originally had said. Because you know, that's that's just what you do when you are trying to keep people on the edge of their seat. If they did what the books said, everybody would be like, "Well, I, I already know what's going to happen," you know, and that's just not as much fun. I like I like that aspect of it that it's new. And I yeah. don't I don't know what's gonna happen.
0: I think the thing that a lot of the people liked from Rogue One was the returning of characters. Yeah, that was really cool. Like Gold Leader. Yeah. He was in it. Leia, um, Leia Young Leia. Was it Senator Amadala? Was, sorry. Was she, Organa. No, yeah, yeah. Princess
2: or, Princess Le- Oh, Senator
0: Organa. Organa. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. He, he was, made an opinion. I know it yeah. wasn't that big, but or not
2: Senator, King. King Organa.
0: Organa. Sorry. Sorry. Maldon. Um, yeah. He makes an appearance in the movie. Oh my word, that got me. Well, it, I I, I, I like I was...
2: lost it when they had the X-wing pilots and the Y-wing pilots, and it was the people from yes. A New Hope. Yeah, like they had CGI'd their faces, and I guess like took stock audio of like them because it's all just basic dialogue, like "I'm going in" and you know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But it's those people from the original movie, like their voice and their face, and that was really I did cool. a lot with it. But I was like, ah, ah. <laughs> I, I really had one of those moments when I saw Rogue, Wim, Rogue One because it like it was it really took me back to the original movies. That was what mm-hmm. I really liked about it. But it was so good; I was a fan.
0: Yeah, that's it's gonna be cool to see. I, <clears throat> like you said, there's a lot they could do with it, and it's Disney. If they so.
2: keep making movies every year, I will keep going <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> to see them. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just one of those things. Like it, it'll just have to happen. So there's no getting around it. You good? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Everything's falling apart. The person over here. you have dialed. <laughs> Everything's Siri's talking to me over here. So <laughs> Siri is that three top? That's, three, That's top. three top, y'all. Hey, did you ever get your Sizzla? <laughs> yeah, did you? <laughs> well, it never showed Pizza up, Papa.
2: I don't know. Apparently. uh i dialed the wrong number trying to order a pizza well <laughs> that's what happens you are supposed to get it in 20 minutes i don't know Some about my soul and my urethra <laughs> yeah. and i don't know but yeah, yeah. I, I woke up the next morning and i was really sore <laughs> hey everyone thanks for listening as always we love to hear your feedback do us a favor and go to your facebook instagram or twitter and click that like and follow button for all your episode updates and releases like us at the big red van podcast on facebook follow us on instagram and twitter at the big red van pod and as always you can just send us an old-fashioned email at the big red van podcast at gmail.com thanks for listening and it means the world just share us with a friend